You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to the episode of Locked On Buckeyes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. It is Monday, December 21st, the year 2020. And the Buckeyes, your Ohio State Buckeyes, are once again the champions of the Big 10 Conference. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Locked. On Buckeye lined up for today in segment number two, we'll talk about the Buckeyes winning the Big Ten Championship game in segment three. We'll talk about the basketball team beating the UCLA Bruins on Saturday afternoon in the CBS Sports Classic. But we begin today's show talking about the final college football playoff rankings. During the Big Ten Championship game, I'm assuming this person that reached out to me during the game is a listener of Locked on Buckeyes because they mentioned something that I had mentioned here on the podcast numerous times. And their question to me was, am I still as confident that the Buckeyes are a lock to be in the playoff? That's not word for word their question, but that is the gist of that thought. My reply, once again, not word for word, but goes like this. At this point in time, I am the least confident that I have been throughout this entire season that the Buckeyes are a lock to be in the playoff. Because during that point in the game, the Buckeyes didn't look good, man. They didn't look good at all. We'll talk about that in in the the second segment, but there were parts of of the team, parts of the game, from coaching to playing, they just didn't look good, man. And I would I would love to find a different phrase. That's a little bit better to describe how they played early in the game. But they didn't look good. And your boy was kind of nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of nervous. Not sure how the committee would view the Buckeyes after their lackluster performance in the beginning of this game against the North. Western Wildcats. The Buckeyes ultimately come out victorious. They do beat the Wildcats. They do hold up the Big Ten Championship trophy for the fourth time in a row. Their resume is complete. Their story for the regular season is done. Now they leave things up to 13 people in a room that I don't really know if they truly watch the game and watch the film like they need to because, well, were there pieces of paper, was there a notebook, and was, was there a pen there while they're in the in the room watching the game, socially distant? I didn't see that. So I'm kind of curious as far as when they say they watch the tape or they watch the games. If I'm watching games and I'm either doing a podcast like this one or a part of a committee that is going to put the playoff teams in order, you would think you would get some paper, you would get a pen, you would either have maybe a phone out just typing in notes, you would have something. But these guys didn't have nothing in front of them. So once again, we're seeing 
There's no criteria. Are you really paying attention to the games like you claim you are? And that could be why the rankings and Indiana's getting overlooked and things just haven't made sense with this group of people for the committee ever since day one. Another thing with the committee, things change every year. There's new faces with the committee, and that could be why one year they say one thing, and the next year they say something else. But the Buckeye resume was complete at the end of the Big Ten Championship game. 6-0, conference champion, and you hope via the eye test and whatever else they're using to put the order of the teams in place that they find something favorable to the Buckeyes, that they would be in the playoff. Well, they were favorable. They did find something favor- favorable for the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes fell at the number three spot. Number one in the rankings, Alabama. That was expected for most of the season. It looked like Alabama was the number one team in the country, and that's where they fell at the end of the season. Number two, the Clemson Tigers. After they got revenge over the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Number three, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Number four, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. All year long, most of the season, it seemed like it was going to be these four teams in some order. Sunday morning, I did put out my final four. It was the same as the committees. It seemed like it was kind of going to be common sense. Were you going to put Texas A&M in there? No. Were they going to put the Bearcats of Cincinnati in there? Absolutely not. And did I see after kind of thinking things over, did I see Oklahoma moving up to the number four spot to jump somebody? Not really. It was, going to, it was going to take a lot for that to happen, and I didn't see that happening. The final four set, the Buckeyes get revenge. Well, <laughs> the Buckeyes get a rematch to try and get revenge over the Tigers of Clemson in the Sugar Bowl on January 1st. I believe that kickoff is set for 8.45 Eastern Standard Time. And here's going to be my little 45 to 60 second little bit about the Buckeyes facing the Tigers. I ain't going to lie to you. I have not rewatched the Buckeyes game. I have not rewatched the ACC championship. But from what I saw from the Buckeyes on Saturday and throughout this season, and from what I have seen when the Clemson Tigers are at full strength on offense with Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence, and with Skowski and the other dogs on that defense, um, um, the scheme of the Buckeyes on defense the physicality of the Tigers on the entire, when the, not on defense, the entire time they're on the field. Um, I don't know, y'all. This is just a quick snapshot about what's going to happen, what I think may happen. But the Buckeyes got to put in a lot of work, put it, watch a lot of film, change some of the scheme up. Because if they don't, now this is also coming on the 21st, not on January 1st. So while your boy has some time to change and to watch the film and to see what Clemson's doing and what Ohio State is doing to see where the holes can be of the Clemson offense and defense for the Buckeyes to exploit them. But at first glance, I know right now, according to betonline.ag, the Clemson Tigers are a seven-point favorite. That line could get moved and could get wider because I don't know, y'all. From what I've seen, as of right now, if I had to pick in the game or tomorrow, I got Clemson over Ohio State, but that could change in about a week and a half, two weeks to when the game kicks off. Let's step away. That was longer than 60 seconds, about a minute and a half, but we're okay. We're still on time. 
Let's step away very quickly. When we come back, we'll discuss the Buckeyes winning the Big Ten Championship. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Well, there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. Watching football is therapeutic to fans. It is uninterrupted me time and an excuse to chill and drink beer. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Calm. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. College football is heading into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on that is l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for your 50% welcome bonus bowl games start today the Buckeyes don't play till the first but there's plenty of time to look at the betting lines look at the matchups and make your wager betonline.ag is the perfect place to do that. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. The holidays are about giving. So I'm giving you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcasts. Shortly before the kickoff of the Big Ten Championship, it was announced what players would be unavailable for the Big Ten Championship game. You, like me, when you saw certain names, your eyes popped out of your head. Some of them, eh, don't really care. Well, you care. You don't want any player to be unavailable. But certain names don't hold weight at all. Some names hold all the weight. Baron Browning, Drew Crispin, the punter, Chris Alave, Javante Jean-Baptiste, Tyler Friday. Of course, you see players like Court Williams, Alec Taylor, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Steel Chambers, Jalen Harris. I mean, there are names on there that you see them. They don't hold any weight at all. Some of them, they make you start to breathe a little bit heavier and heart rate starts to get a little bit faster. Why? Because you see, without them on the field, you're a little uneasy about what's going to happen next. And during this game, yes, Alave wasn't there. Yes, Javante Jean-Baptiste wasn't there. Yes, Tyler Friday was not there. Yes, Baron Browning was not there. But during the game, I don't think neither you nor I thought that the game would go down like this at all. With the Northwestern Wildcats 
creating fits for Justin Fields. And during the broadcast, Joe Clatt made it very, very clear Justin Fields at times struggles with a zone defense. Someone that may be a casual fan or maybe a casual listener of the podcast may not have known that, but Joe Clatt throughout the game, phenomenal job, pointed out what Fields was doing wrong. And well, once again, I say it once, I'll say it again. That boy don't want to throw the ball away for nothing. Sorry, bad English. My mom may be listening to this. I know I should be utilizing perfect English, but I'll use it again for emphasis. That boy don't know how to throw the ball away for nothing at all. And that's one thing that I know during these games, Justin Fields, I would love, love to see him do that more often than he does. It's rare that he throws the ball away, but throwing the ball away It allows you to save your body at times, to not get sacked, and it's just a skill that elite quarterbacks have. He's really, really good, but at times his holes, the weaknesses in his game, they do get exposed. Early in the game, it was clear the passing game wasn't going to work. Early in the game, we would have all loved to see more runs called by Ryan Day. We would have loved it. It took to the second half. And we got the Trey Sermon game. That's correct. That's what I'm calling the game. I'm sure you, while watching the game, you may have thought that same thing yourself. The Trey Sermon game. 29 carries. 331 yards on the ground. 11.4. Oh my goodness. 11.4 yards a pop and two Trips to Pater with a long, a long rush of 65 yards. That's the stat sheet. If you remember back, if you remember back to Friday's show, I mentioned that the Buckeyes and basically anybody, I mean Illinois did it. The Buckeyes could do it as well. You can gash the Wildcats with the off tackle or outside run, but then you sort of realize once the Wildcats realized they had to play four strong quarters against the Buckeyes and they couldn't just lay off or lay low and not really be the physical team that they were the first quarter and second quarter that they had to play four complete quarters of football, the Buckeyes' offensive line wore them down. When you're on the field as long as they were and the Buckeyes had long drives, I mean, even the opening drive, my goodness, that was long. But when you're on the field as long as the Wildcats defense was. And you have those guys that uh, Harry Miller, Josh Myers, Nicholas petit Frere, uh, Thayer Mumford, White Davis. And you have these guys pounding you over and over and over again. You get worn down. And as you saw, <laughs> early third quarter, middle third quarter, late third, early fourth, the Wildcats defense, whew, they were tired. They were exhausted. And Trey Sermon, handoff after handoff. After handoff, after handoff, after handoff. Patient running, finding the crease, going. Patient running, finding the crease, occasional cutback, and going. And he had the game of his collegiate career. Breaking a couple records. One, the Big Ten championship championship game rushing record. Seb Ezekiel Elliott now is held by Trey Sermon. He also broke the single game Ohio State rushing record. Once held by Eddie George. Now it's held by Trey Sermon. Imagine if Trey Sermon would have stayed at Oklahoma and he did not transfer transfer to Ohio State. One, 
He wouldn't be in the playoff, but two, he wouldn't be a Big Ten champion, and he wouldn't hold these records. Also, I got to give one shout-out very quickly to a player that may be forgotten by many Buckeyes, a guy that is a captain that doesn't start, a guy by the name of Justin Hilliard. How about that? You're coming in. You're a captain. You're respected by everybody. Browning's not there. You're being called upon once again to start in a role for a player that's unavailable due to the Rona or contact tracing, maybe a positive case, something along those lines that's holding him back from playing in this game. You come in and play phenomenal, play out of your mind. You have an interception. You lead the team in tackles. You truly have been, you truly were, not have been, you truly were a leader on the field and you showed everybody why you were voted to be a captain for this team. The Buckeyes, once again, they are champions of the Big Ten. I said this on Locked On College Football. Go there and check out today's episode, but I'll say it once again. Back to back to back to back Big Ten champions. It feels so good. Taking the analyst hat off, the fan in me, is very happy to have those words come out of my mouth. Let's step away one more time very quickly. When we come back, we will talk about the Buckeyes win over the UCLA Bruins in the CBS Sports Classic Saturday afternoon. Are you a person that's looking for the perfect protein bar? And when I say the perfect protein bar, I mean the protein bar that fits your, mac- your macros and tastes good too. They're hard to find, everyone's searching, but the more I talk to people, the more I'm finding out. Not everyone is finding what they are looking for. Well, the wait is over. You heard about this company at the company at the top of the show, and you're going to hear more about them now. Built Bar has exactly what you are looking for. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein high fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. And with a purchase at BuiltBar.com, you will get a free cooler. Now, those are only available while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the National Football League. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Nobody in any sport at any time 
wants to go on a losing streak. Not one person. If they do, and they tell you they're fine going on a losing streak, check their temperature. They, my friend, might have the Rona. And the Buckeyes, after their loss to the Purdue Boilermakers in their Big Ten opener this past Wednesday, the one thing they did not want to do was go on a losing streak. CBS Sports Classic, right there on CBS, national TV, the world, excuse me, the country can watch a lot of things on TV on Saturday. NFL football's on at the same time, but if you are if you like college basketball and you want a good matchup, tune in to CBS from 12, 2, and 4. They had basketball on, great matchups in every single window. And the Buckeyes got a late change in their matchup and their opponent for Saturday's game. It was supposed to be the North Carolina Tar Heels, but due to COVID-19 and conference protocols, they decided to change the matchup. The Buckeyes would face the Buckeyes would face the Bruins and North Carolina would face the Kentucky Wildcats. One quick note about that. The protocol for COVID-19 is different in every conference, and I get that. But if the conference protocol and testing was that big of a deal, why did they still go through with the ACC Big Ten Challenge? I'll just step back, make that statement, and keep going on with the show. Early on in this game against the Bruins, the UCLA Bruins, it was very, very clear it was going to be a physical game. Before we saw how physical the game was going to be and how the referees were going to officiate the game, we noticed that E.J. Liddell was back on the court. We all know about his importance on the offensive end. We all know about his importance on the defensive end. But just literally having him there with the team, even latter part of the second half, once he was ejected, not ejected, once he fought out of the game, you saw his influence and just him being there with the team, with his boys, being very influential and instrumental to the psyche, to the mentals of the Buckeyes as they kept that lead as they got the lead, and they moved on to win the game. A few things that I noticed when watching this game that stuck out to me. I could go on for a while, but we don't have enough time to go through everything that stuck out during this game. Number one, the Buckeyes were improved. They had an improved defensive rotation. If you go back to the Purdue game, one thing that bugged me, bugged me, if you're going to double in the post, one, make sure the double comes from the right place for the right person and the right angle. Two, make sure your defensive rotation, especially on the weak side, is there every time. Because too many times, Travion Williams of Purdue was able to get assist after assist after assist because the Buckeyes were not rotating on defense and they left a man literally wide open for a layup. Defensive rotation early on, even in a very physical game, the Buckeyes were on their P's and Q's, and they were locked in on the defensive side of the ball. What Chris Holtman is preaching every single day, we're seeing the Buckeyes do that more and more and more on the court. And it really made it tough for UCLA at times to score. Now, in a physical game, there's going to be some tough baskets on both sides that are made, but the defensive rotation by the Buckeyes was improved from Wednesday's game against Purdue until Saturday's game against UCLA. Foul trouble hurt the Buckeyes. 
Early in the game, I noticed you had Kyle Young get two quick fouls. Were those both fouls? I'll leave that up for you to interpret. Justice Suing also got two fouls. Were those both fouls? I'll leave that up to you for to interpret once again. I also noticed at one point throughout this game, you had Kyle Young, Justice Suing, and EJ Liddell all have three fouls. That's not a recipe for success. Not at all. Three of your starters, three key contributors to this, te- to this team being in foul trouble, that's not a good formula for anybody, but the fight of this team, they're gritty. They'll get down and dirty. I noticed Kyle Young, even with the, even in foul trouble, diving for loose balls. They don't mind fighting for the teammates, and they find ways, even if they're undermanned, to have other people step up. One thing I liked was downtown Eugene Brown. You may have not liked the play-by-play broadcaster. Normally, these are at the top of my dome, but this time I forgot that name of who called the game. I think it was Andrew Catalone, I believe, but hey, I forget. All I know is my man Bill Raftery was like 5,000 feet away from him calling that game, but Raff was right there in the arena. Downtown Eugene Brown. My goodness, man. Three after three after three. And these are not just like threes. He's chucking up. These are open threes. They're timely threes. And they're three-point shots that when they come, they're daggers. Every single time. Three for three from three-point land. And it, like I said, they were not just, he wasn't just chucking them up. They were timely. They were needed and they were daggers. And you saw the Buckeyes. I, I know this is probably like probably seven, six, five minutes left in the, in the second half. I could be wrong with that time. But there was a time. Downtown Eugene Brown. I should just call him that throughout the rest of the season. Downtown Eugene Brown hit a three from right in front of the Buckeyes bench. And man, those players, oh man, open gym style. They exploded. They were happy. They were cheering that boy on because he was helping them off the bench, propelling them, being a key piece to this team, coming out victorious over the UCLA Bruins. Last but not least, I could have go on for this about this as well. They were more crisp on offense the Buckeyes were. And this is something that Bill Raftery mentioned early in the game, and it was lasting throughout the entirety of the game. The Buckeyes against Purdue, the crispness of their offense, the flow, the movement, at times it was not there. And I'm getting frustrated as I'm watching watching the game saying, move, move. Even if you don't have the ball, you don't have to just stand there, stand there and just take up space. Move around. Make it harder for the defense. And during this game, they forced, just like UCLA forced the Buckeyes to work on both ends of the court, the Buckeyes forced the Bruins to work on both ends of the court as well. 77-270 win in the CBS Sports Classic there in Cleveland, Ohio, the Buckeyes are victorious. And, man, that game whew, at times was hard to watch, but at times was a lot of fun to watch as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Locked on Buckeyes. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jsteven 7 You can also follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Locked on Buckeye. Remember, guys, 
five-star reviews, five-star reviews. Fill up the review section with five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Other places you can listen to and subscribe to Locked On Buckeyes are Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Just to name a few places, you can get locked in and subscribe to Locked On Buckeyes so you don't miss a beat. Come back tomorrow. We have Big Ten Ben Stevens with us helping us recap the Big Ten football season, what took place, what we witnessed. He may go on a rant about the Indiana Hoosiers. That's not planned, but just saying it may come up. And a quick preview of the bowl season as well.